0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fry Dates with the Wife. In these episodes, my wife and I offer an entrepreneurial couple's perspective on living a more fulfilling and meaningful life. We share our little humble opinions and hopefully make you laugh as we navigate the ups and downs of being entrepreneurs and parents. And speaking of fulfillment. If you want to hire me as your coach, head over to robshowcoach.com, fill out an application, and we'll jump on the call to see if we are a good fit to help you create and design your dream life and business. That's robshowcoach.com. Before we get into today's Friday episode, our next work hard, play hard mastermind event will be in Dubai and Abu Dhabi for the F1 race on November 16th to the 19th. These trips are designed to get you out of your day to day around some amazing entrepreneurs and provide bucket list experiences that will have you coming home re-energized to grow your business and bring your life to a whole new level. Head over to workhardplayhardexperience.com and fill out an application. Okay, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly Mambo Italiano, good morning. Looking at you, your pretty face, overlooking at the these little Buildings from the 1400s. You look like Mona Lisa this morning.
1: I am I smiling like her? Hold on.
0: That's a smirk, and that's a weird. That's, <laughs> that's a, Do you remember? You remember years ago we used to have this. There was this face that like uh, a guy would make, and we wanted to like punch him in the face. What was that? That smirk. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. It was like somebody would oh. smirk, and we would like go like, "Oh, we we had a name for that. We did it was like this." dicky, arrogant. But
1: we used to do it to each other all the time.
0: But we, we used to do it to each other all the time. But listen, uh-huh. this is not why we're here. We're here because uh, two things. One is Dr. Hyman had a quote yesterday that resonated for us. And I'm going to have you read that quote in a second. And then we're going to talk about some random things that we can do. This is going to be a little bit of an Esther episode, and I'll explain that in a second, to help on Dr. Hyman's comments. So without further ado, Kim, Hyman away.
1: Oh my God. So this is on Dr. Mark Hyman's Instagram page. And I really loved it because, you know, the thoughts we think tend to create our life. And at least that's what I believe. And I think our thoughts do way more than we acknowledge them to do. And this just kind of put it all into perspective. So our thoughts have a profound physiological effect on the body and can either help or hinder the healing process. Even just thinking about a negative experience can set off a cascade of physiological events in the body just as if it was happening right now. The mind-body connection is truly that powerful and he was referencing a an episode of the doctor's pharmacy where he talked to dr joe dispenza and a few other doctors about this kind of phenomenon and he went on to talk about how you can retrain your brain using things like meditation and other you know kind of mental health ways to retrain your brain and to stop yourself or no that you're thinking these thoughts and shift course. And so I thought that was a really good topic today because we all have this. I mean, I can have the best intentions. I can wake up with a you know happy smile and begin my day. And then all of a sudden, I catch a glimpse in the mirror of myself and I'm like, oh God, I should probably go get a haircut. Or I hear something on the news and it sends me into a negative spiral. And I'm thinking these not so great thoughts. And then I slowly watch my day shift into a shitty day. And I think that's a massive um, problem for most people. Even we have all the personal development we have the best intentions, but whether it's your own little, that little voice inside that, you know, does the negative self-talk, or maybe it's the, the news or, or things that are coming at you, I think it can have a true effect on not just your mental state, but your health.
0: All right. So let's let's talk about some of the ways that we think can help you. So one of the practices that I do, I'm always like screwing around with a morning routine, trying to come up with different ways that I can get my mind right for the day. And part of that morning routine is I open up YouTube while I'm Uh, shaving, and it's just audio only, so I don't have to look at it. And I type in Esther Hicks and you can- Or Abraham. Or Abraham Hicks. And you can Google that and learn more about who she is and the kind of work she does. But it is super positive uh, thoughts that really, really help me. So when there's something that really resonates with me, you know, like with wet hands and an iPhone, I'm trying to type it in. So I have that list in front of me. And I thought what we would do is because Kim and I do exactly this, you know, when we take our morning um, uh, coffee run, coffee walk, whatever you want to call it, uh, walk to the coffee shop, I should say, I'll say, hey, I heard this morning Esther say, and then we'll have a conversation about it. So we thought that we would simulate a little bit of that by going through some of those and to see how it hits you guys. So the first one that hit me is, and bear in mind, like this is 6 6 a.m. and me just trying to You're
1: paraphrasing.
0: Paraphrasing, so this is not these are not exact quotes. Look at what you want the exact same way that you would look at a menu. So in other words, you stay focused on what you want and don't think about the things that you don't want and just put an order in like you would order food. Off of a menu for what you want, and the reason why, the, and I'm going to ask you in a second to give me your comments on what you think about that. But the reason why for me that is super powerful is it takes all the blah 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 out of it, right? We've got these you know emotional patterns of when I was a kid, and you know I I, I have money issues and all these different things, right? But if you look at it as a menu, and you go, what I want is I want. X, Y, and Z could be material, it could be relational, it could be spiritual, whatever it is, and just having it there. And she used the example, she said, you know, you never go into a menu and say, you, you never look at a menu and ask the waiter, hey, I noticed that you know this isn't on the menu. Can you bring me ostrich? You, you just don't do that. Like, I mean, I guess there's a rare occasion where you could, but there's a, there's a menu to choose from. And what the restaurant is doing is they're saying, focus here, these are the things we have. Which one of these dishes do you want? Don't ask me for something else. And she's drawing a parallel with the universe that, we're not asking for what we want. So I'd love your thoughts on that.
1: Well, I think when you said that to me the other morning, what was interesting to me about it is that I've never opened up a menu and started at the top and went, don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. Like I wouldn't order that way. I would just browse the menu and the thing that was the most interesting or attractive to me to eat, is what I would what I would focus on. So I'm not sitting there and, you know, if there's 20 dishes on a menu, I'm not telling the waiter I don't want 19 of them and focusing my attention there or saying, why would they, why would you even put this on the menu, you know, and and all of that. And I think that's often what people do. And unfortunately, because doing that and saying what you don't want with your spouse is just not enough people take to social media and spread that shit out into the world and i think you're trying to commiserate by sharing all of the the things you don't want and the and the in the negative but what you're really doing is taking negative energy and putting it out into the world instead of changing your energy and putting positive out into the world a way to do that is obviously what rob just said to focus on what you want well how do you How do you know what you want? Right? Contrast creates the clarity. So when something negative happens, I do my very best to see the negative and say, okay, what could be the possible reason that this is happening to us right now? What is the, or or happening for us right now? What is the reason that this? Complication that this hurdle that this landmine, you know, depending on what it is, what is the reason this could possibly be happening right now? And I will try to brainstorm or play stupid idea time the endless reasons that could be working for us. This negative thing could be happening, so these positive things can happen. The silver lining I will force myself to try to find many different ways this could be a silver lining because it shifts my energy from the negative spiral into hopefulness, into positivity.
0: You know, Steve Jobs said, it's easier to connect the dots looking forward than it is looking backwards. Yeah. How great is that quote? That is great. Right? Okay, next one. It's piggybacking on what you just said. Add I want to what you want. Sounds simple enough, right? So let's use an example of a beach house. I want a beach house. Full stop, right? This shifts the vibration from talking about what isn't happening in your life and changing the vibration to attracting you to what you want. So in other words, it is very easy right now. We're living in a world where, you know, I, I saw a meme yesterday and it said, I enjoyed the five minutes between the COVID pandemic and World War III. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like we're literally going from absolute shit show to absolute shit show. And it is, it is endlessly Easy to fall into rabbit holes of you know. I never said the word Russia more times than I've said this week. And look, there's reality. We're in fear. We live in Europe. What the hell's going to happen? Like we don't know. And if you're in America, you, you don't know, right? So it's easy to get lost in it. So her point with the menu and adding "I want" is to change your focus and put your vibration here and not there like those church bells ringing in the background make sad. me make me think about what it is so think about what are the things that you want in your life even if you don't know how you're going to get them let's just say that you want a beach house simply say like don't make this more complicated than it is i'm a, i'm the king at that just say i want a beach house okay oh,
1: and 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 by the way full stop at that because what happens is you say i want a beach house and you If you're me, (laughs) okay, here's what I do. When Rob says, I want a beach house, I start tallying up in my head, how much is the beach house gonna cost? What is it gonna be? Where are we gonna get the beach house? How often are we gonna actually use that beach house? What could we use the beach house for to be a profit center? Could we Airbnb the beach house? Could we? My brain, that's welcome to my brain. And I hope that scared you, Rob, because that's what happens when Rob uses I want in front of anything, but if i can pause myself and go instead of going into all of the i'm not going to call it negative but into the minutia of what owning a beach house would be i could stop for a second and daydream about my family going to the beach house and that maybe it would be on literally on the beach and we would have you know our girls running out into the ocean and making sandcastles and we would be watching a sunset. So I could as easily say, I want a beach house and then brainstorm in a positive way all of the memories and fun that could come from it, which by the way, would move the positive momentum in manifestation toward that goal versus the how when you like fastest way to cut off a a manifestation is to ask how, the how, and go into all of that. Now, when I go into how much is it gonna cost? What's the date? What's the, I mean, I I don't even know where to begin. And I start to go into all of that. That creates stress in my body, right? Which to go back to what we originally said is negative thoughts physiologically like make an impact on your body. So if I start thinking about the stress of the beach house that Rob just said he wanted that we don't actually own, I can bring on that physiological stress, raise my heart rate, create anxiety, shorten my breath all over something that we actually don't even freaking have, Well, right?
0: what, yeah, what, what she talks about, and this leads us perfectly right into the next segment, what she's talking about is introducing the idea of resistance and wobble. So when you say, I want a beach house, you think, oh, I'm sitting on the beach deck, I'm looking out at the sand and the ocean and I'm watching the sunset. You know, if you're on the West, I'm watching the sunset over it and you're seeing the, the kids play in the sand and, you know, you riding your bicycle on the beach and blah, blah, blah. That's the, that's the, I want a beach house vibration. But then when you start introducing what she calls wobble or resistance into that, that's where it gets um, tricky. So her suggestion there. Is to meditate. Now, I've never heard anybody explain meditation better than what she did, which is the next point. And she said, you know, you meditate so resistance can go away. So, what does that mean? It means that when you've got all this chatter going on in your head, Let's, let's continue on with the beach house example. When you got all this chatter going on in your head, how am I gonna get a mortgage? Should I Airbnb it? How often will I use it? But you know in your gut that you just like to have a beach house, the rest of it is just the chatter. What she's saying is if you can go into a room and listen to the hum of an air conditioner and you can take your mind off of the chatter and put it onto the sound of the air conditioner for five, 10, 15, or even 20 minutes... What that will do is it will slow and or stop the chatter from happening and allow you to connect to your source that's inside of you that really just wants the beach house. You know, it's the 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 transcendental meditation people give you something called a mantra. And in Sanskrit, mantra means uh, mind vehicle. Well, what does the mantra do? You know, if you use the mantra, let's say the word one, right? If you just say one, 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 over and over again, softer, louder, just in your head. What that mind vehicle is doing is taking your mind off of the chatter, thus slowing the resistance, eliminating the wobble, and allowing you to connect to you because these are just thoughts. You are not your thoughts. These are just thoughts that are happening.
1: The other thing with TM that I learned when I went to the TM center and did my course was there are so many studies linking TM to better health. And I I was wearing a whoop at the time, and I did my four-day course with it. And I can literally track my heart rate was low and stable, My sleep was better and higher quality. My HRV went up during the first four days of the TM course. And when I talked to the practitioner about it, he said that as you're doing the TM meditation, what the goal is, is that the stress is releasing. And every time you have a little thought Don't look at it as, oh shit, I'm screwing it up again. I can't not think. You know, what that thought is, is a stress bubble releasing. So if you think of all of your stress as tiny little bubbles in your gut, and as you're doing the meditation, every time a little thought comes in, the bubble comes to the surface and pops and goes away, and you bring yourself back to the mantra, and then maybe you have another little thought bubble. Each one of those little bubbles that comes up is stress leaving the body, and that is what physiologically is the importance of is the importance of meditation. So when I when Rob used to meditate and he was like, "You should try it," I remember I'd go into uh, our bedroom, I'd sit in Sophia's rocking chair, and I would close my eyes, and I kept thinking, and I was like, "I, I suck at this. I'm done." I literally couldn't get it. But once I learned that those little thoughts are not the problem, those little thoughts thoughts are stress and you want them to release. And the way to bring your focus back is by using that mantra that they give to you. That that's actually the process of meditation and what it does physiologically in the body is so so valuable.
0: Yeah, that really really helped me. Those I when I get when I have a lot of chatter and I meditate there, I used to be like, well, today I can't do this. But when I got that little tip from you, I see them as like little like when you You're open, like
1: today I need this when you
0: open up a bottle of Pelle Guido, you know, and then bubbles come Did up. You just that's call a, it Pelle Guido. Pelle Guido. Hold on,
1: before you go on, I wanted I, I, something just popped up for me. I remember reading Love, Medicine, and Miracles, which is basically what Dr. Bernie Siegel, who talks about people who healed themselves from cancer versus people who succumbed to the cancer and the mindset around it and how how your emotional state and your mindset really have a massive impact on cancer itself. And I just pulled out some of my notes in this because I think it's really important to kind of, to bring this back to the point of the podcast to get today, all of the Esther stuff is is the way to help you, you know, shift your energy and move forward. But I think understanding the why, having a real why, understanding is important. And so he he mentioned that cancer is despair experienced on a cellular level.
0: Mm. So yeah. Hold on a second. Let's just let's just marinate in that mm-hmm. one. Say that one more time.
1: Cancer is despair. Experienced at a cellular level.
0: Cancer is despair. Now, let me say this before you jump in and go, my mom was very happy and she got cancer. My dad was very, and he got cancer. My dad passed the cancer too. So I'm um, not speaking of something that I, I, I don't, you know, speaking out of, out of school, right? Um, this doctor... Dr. Bernie Siegel was an oncologist. I believe you have to check me on this. I believe he worked for Mount Sinai in New York. And I believe he went to Yale or if it's not Yale, it's Harvard. It's one of these Ivy League schools. So he was the chief attending officer. And after 30 years of telling everybody that they're gonna die, get your affairs in order. There's nothing else that we can do. What he discovered was he said, you know, In 90% of the cases, people with your type of cancer die, but there's 10% that don't. So do you want me to tell you what the 90% do? Or do you want me to tell you what the 10% do who live? And so he went about, he realized that these, these people who were coming to him, some of them came to him all the way until they died, but others came to him and then they disappeared. So he went and researched the ones that never came back to him. And what he found was, In many cases, the story was almost identical to this. They were in their gardening, gardening when he knocked on their door to talk to them. And he's like, why are you doing pottery? Why are you doing gardening? Why are you doing, why are you doing? And they finally said, look, if I'm about to die, I might as well live the life I really want to live. And in living the life that they really want to live. They lived. They lived.
1: (laughs) Right. So he talks about how the body responds to the mind's thoughts and has immediate and direct effect. So this isn't like... And again, do not take anything we're saying as medical advice for cancer. Okay, this is this is pointing out one more doctor who has done the research to show the mind-body connection and how, in something as horrible as cancer, it's it's there. And for me, reading this book. I started looking at this as more of a preventative treatment. Now, is it gonna prevent cancer? I don't know, but I might as well fucking try, right? It, like it's not gonna hurt anybody. So he he talks about how that it has like a literal direct effect. And so if you shift your energy, if you use these tactics and these strategies that Rob is laying out and you can shift your mindset and you can add meditation in and you can decrease the stress you have a better shot at healing your body and living a healthy life in general, overall, right? Like that's the point. And he talks about, you know, it's funny because he ta- he had this whole chapter on, it's not about stress. It's about the way that we react to the stress that's actually important. So a lot of doctors you'll hear say, I don't want you to have any stress, you know? So don't go out and be stressed this week. We need, they they know- that they're doing that. I had a friend do IVF and the doctor was like, this week we're doing the implantation or whatever they call it. Don't go and be stressed. And how do you do that? It's not about not having stress. It's about your ability to react and recover in a healthy and appropriate way. So by using the tools that Rob is saying, practicing gratitude, practicing meditation, practicing the morning pages, journaling, all of these things versus feeding your fear and creating more destruction quite honestly in your body so that that's really what the intention today is about is one to get you to understand that your thoughts have a a visceral reaction in your body and that you can put things into place to control that reaction.
0: That was good. Visceral was a good choice of words because that's what the organs are, right? They are viscera. I love that. You're really smart. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. Okay. Two more and then a bonus one. The next one- Are
1: Are we in a game show? We
0: are in a game show. The next one is when you stop tending to the beliefs that don't serve you, they will become inactive in your experience. When you stop tending to the beliefs that don't serve you, they will become inactive in your experience. Well,
1: those are limit, limiting beliefs are just a pattern of thought that you created that and you held thinking. on to. Yeah. So if you just change that pattern and put a new belief in, like for example, when we first started doing Abraham, Abraham Hicks work many years ago, we adopted the mantra everything is always working out for us. And initially, we had to say it 800 times a day. We had we wrote it on um, paper. we stuck it to walls. It was on every whiteboard in our house. It was on my mirror. it was it was everywhere. If I could have tattooed that shit on my forehead, I would have. I was going to bed at night listening to one of her rampages that where she talks about it. I was I was from every angle, okay, mm. uh, trying to get this mantra into my body mm. Now when shit hits the fan, Rob and I look at each other and we go, well, there's a reason. Everything is always working out for us. And we've, we've taken this over.
0: All right. So you, I, somebody listening, I always, I always put myself in the, in the listener's seat as a podcaster. And I know that when you just said, you know, this belief that you're, that you're, that you're believing over and over again, you just need to change it into a more empowering belief. So, in their head, they just put quotes around the word just. And flipped me off. And flipped you off. It's not that easy. So I want to, I love what you just said because I think that that's a perfect segue for this. Joe Dispenza, you you mentioned, uh, was on the show with Dr. Mark uh, Hyman. And I know, I haven't listened to this episode, but I know that he talked about it. And that is that 99.9% of the things that we do every single day are the exact same thing we did the previous day. We are We are wired for comfort and security, and we don't want to step into things. So when we have beliefs... If we wake up in the morning and our belief is, you know, the world is coming to an end. If we believe the world is coming to an end yesterday, there's a very strong possibility that we're gonna wake up and for a second, maybe we'll change it when we first wake, wake up and we'll go, today's gonna be a great day, but then there's this voice in the back of your head that, that's saying, and then the world is gonna come to an end, yeah. right? So-
1: There's an asterisk.
0: There's an asterisk because we are comfortable in familiar settings, and if we step into the world is a wonderful place, there's so much opportunity that's going to be out there right now, and we really believe it, that feels uncomfortable. That doesn't feel right. And when it doesn't feel right, we want to knock back into that old shoe that feels good. Even if we know the old shoe isn't serving us, even if we know that it is Detrimental and damaging to our, our mental well-being because it's comfortable, we're gonna go back there.
1: Okay. If you are a relatively new listener to this show, I want to share this uh with you. I'll give you some color on what I just said. So the middle fingers go down. When I said we adopted a motto of everything is always working out for us, two things. One, the for us means that it's working out not in our favor, like the way we wanted it to work out, but it's working out for a, our best interest. On our behalf. On our behalf. And it might be a shit storm that works out on our behalf. Number one. Number two, if you go back to the episodes between March of 2020 and maybe that whole year, you will hear in real time, us adopting this motto and working it out. Because we started adopting that motto at the very beginning of the pandemic. Because when the pandemic hit and our events that we were hosting were being canceled and things that we were doing weren't working out because that was the way for the entire world. Rob was having panic attacks. We talked about that live on on our show. That's when we adopted the model. So for people who are like, you're just living in Italy, living this amazing life, and you're thinking everything's always working out for you. No, our life was falling apart. And instead of feeding into that fear and making it worse, we chose to take on a new set of beliefs and say, you know what? I don't know why all of this is happening, but everything is always working out for." Us and we are gonna adopt this motto. And as a family, we have this motto. Our Sophia says it, our daughter in California says it, our family adopted this. And it is now a part of our DNA and who we are. Whatever baby pops out, grandbabies down the road, they are gonna come out with this this in their DNA because that is now the the motto that we have for the world. So again, we didn't adopt this in a time of, of easy. We adopted this in, in what could have been a neg- negative spiral that destroyed us, but we didn't allow it to. We rose up and we did the work and that's when we adopted it. So taking that one... Motto shifted all the limiting beliefs that we had previously. And now we just have that.
0: Yes. And let me add for the people that are listening, go, oh, so it was just a, a light switch. You just decided you were going to do it. In one sense, yes. But in the other sense, when we first did it, there was a part of us going, yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> Which is why it was everywhere. That's really, really, that's really, really nice. But now it's not bullshit because now what supports a belief, Tony Robbins talks about, look at beliefs as a table. And the legs of the table are the references. So the more references you have, the legs, the more it supports the belief. So when you start things like everything's always working out for us, and when Kim mentions having a panic attack, and I realized that the panic attacks led me to try transcendental meditation, which then led me to learn about the mantra, which then me, taught me that when I have the panic attra- attack to just say the mantra, and get my mind off of, oh my God, the world is coming to an end and just keeping saying the mantra. So that contrast created the clarity and those beliefs were able to be changed because now now that I took, the point is if you take the leap to change the belief and go, this doesn't feel right yet. If you don't quit and you say it over and over and over again, eventually it will feel right.
1: That was amazing. That was amazing. And I think we nailed it. I think it's over And for anyone who still is in disbelief that what you think affects your body, you've never had a panic attack.
0: (laughs) All right, so I got one one more and a bonus. Uh, I thought we were done. uh, Maybe not, but I'm gonna do two more.
1: You have one more and a bonus.
0: Yeah, so that's two. That's two. Don't talk yourself out of getting something just because you haven't figured out how to get it. Don't, don't talk yourself talk. out of getting something just because you mm. haven't figured out how you're going to get so it.
1: So I want the beach house, I haven't figured out how, so I don't need the beach house.
0: Yeah, so I have a I have a coach. My coach is uh, Chris Goodman. He's awesome. Go check him out. Goodman Coaching. And you know, we have these we have these conversations a lot and I will say I want X and then it isn't happening and I will start to look for proof of why I thought I wanted isn't happening, i.e. arguing for my limitations. And then he'll say something to me like, you just haven't figured it out yet. It doesn't mean it's not gonna happen. You just came up with this idea. It's a new idea. You're trying it on. Like, don't talk yourself out of it because you haven't figured it out. Because right now, this box that you're in is like, this can't happen because of A, B, C, and D, which is complete bullshit. If you expand your mind and you look, You just haven't figured it out. So I love that. All right, the last thing I want to do is I did a podcast with a fitness girl a while ago. And this has nothing to do with fitness, but everything to do with mental health. And she has this interesting morning process that sort of mixes my morning process with a few different twists on it. And I'm going to attempt it this week. And I want to share it with you guys because I thought it was really good. It's a quick six-step process. One, write three non-negotiable pages. We've talked about the morning pages before. It's basically just a flow of consciousness getting everything out of your head. But three pages are non-negotiable because the good stuff comes on the second and third page. Number two, write down 10 things you're grateful for. That's self-explanatory. Number three, 10 you're worthy of. I am worthy of making $300,000 a year because I work my ass off. I am worthy of having uh, a great relationship because I love my wife so much, whatever it is, right? Number four, 10 scenarios in your life that are gonna go perfectly. We are, we're, we're working on now planning a summer trip. You know, we're gonna travel for uh, a couple of months over the summer. So we are going to land in Sicily and we're gonna find the most amazing Airbnb and we're gonna be in the place that we love. 10 scenarios that are gonna go perfectly. could be your goals. And then ask yourself questions like, how's it gonna feel? How's it gonna change my life? Number five, write down, Five affirmations, traits that you want to embody, things that you want to be true for you so that you can speak it into existence. And number six, write down your power five. What are the five priorities that you have for the day that you can do in the pockets of your appointments or around your appointments to accomplish for that day? So it sounds like a lot, but if you think about it, if that took 30 minutes in the morning, would that be worth it? Sounds like it would be. So are you Well, got- it
1: would definitely shift you into a more productive, positive mental state, which can only positively impact your work, your health and your family.
0: Yeah, so give it a shot. Hopefully we have sold you on the idea that your mind and your body are connected. And if you believe, if you believe that your mind and your body are connected, then it would stand to reason that you should spend equal amounts of time working on your mind intentionally the way that you do when you go to the gym working on your body. All right, that's it, everybody. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game